This is Shoulder Charge, a rugby league podcast, hosted by me, Casey Smith. Now this week on the show, it's a double whammy, because we've got two guests on, and today we're joined by young Huddersfield halfback, Ollie Russell. He's been putting in some impressive performances towards the latter stages of the season just gone by, and also on the show, we've got his dad, Richard Russell. He made over 300 appearances for Wigan, Oldham and Castleford during the mid-80s and late-90s. And he was also part of the Wigan team that won the 1987 World Club Challenge against Manly. And that team also featured the likes of Sean Wayne, Ellery Hanley, Andy Gregory and Sean Edwards. So, safe to say we're in good company today on Shoulder Charge. And... We chat about what it was like playing in the 80s and 90s compared to now. You know, for Ollie, what it's like growing up with a dad who's won loads of things in sport. And a whole lot more. So I first began by asking Ollie what it's been like to try and break into the first team at Huddersfield Giants. Um, I wouldn't say I found it tough. I said, I, I, I think it was just like a young lad going in and seeing people like uh, Jerry and uh, Bruno and Leroy, who you'd watched on telly. It was like, uh, it was exciting. I would, I would get into training with them kind of players. So I was just trying to obviously feed feed from their experience and stuff. Yeah. But I think that obviously getting into the team at the start and for the last few years has obviously been a struggle because obviously there's experienced players and as a young lad, you're kind of put to the, not put to the side exactly, but obviously you're going to be second choice. Yeah. So I think I've had to kind of find a way to get round that and, and, and keep pushing. And obviously when I when when picked to play, try and play my best. But I don't think I did that. <clears throat> I did that at the start and then kind of dropped down and went performing. I don't know if that was the the, the coach. I wasn't enjoying the rugby as much. But um, since Watto's come in, I've started to enjoy my rugby again and He's kind of given me a little bit of faith, but when when someone does that, it obviously gives you a lot more confidence. And a lot of the boys have, have given me confidence as well, and, and told me like it's my team and to, to go and lead them around the field. So when they they tell me to do that, I feel like it gives me a lot more confidence to go and do that. Yeah, and obviously there's quite a few coming through at Huddersfield right now. You know, uh, Will Price obviously, and then Ashall Bot as well. Is it helped like that? You've got them as well that are coming through at the same time. Yeah, yeah, obviously. But you, 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 you obviously all all the young lads are kind of mates, and, and when you're playing with your mates, it makes it a lot easier because it's kind of like you you know each other probably better than you probably would some of the older guys. So um, obviously playing with Pricey and, and uh, all, especially in a spine, it's. Um, it's helped us loads. Obviously, having that experience uh, with Pizzi at nine, it's just uh, added to it. Yeah, and and Richard, um, what was it like for you? You know, in that situation, because you know when you came through, was it similar to that? Um, yeah, I, I would I would say so. You know, there was um, there was some massive names in the dressing room when I started at Wigan, like Ellery Hanley and Sean Edwards. But yeah, I think it's, like Ollie said, it was just uh, the excitement of getting to play with these great players. You know, the nerves the nerves go, go, go out your head and, and you do you, you feel that it's, it's a different feeling. But whenever you make your debut, I roll or not, than, than any other game that, 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 that you'll ever play. Yeah. Were those big players supportive then? Or, you know, were they like, you know, you're the, you stay away, like, we're, we're the guys here, we're the main men. You know, was it like that? Well, it was, um, I mean, you had, you had a first-team dressing room at Wigan and an eight-team dressing room at Wigan. Right. And I was I was never really in the first-team dressing room, even though I played quite a few games. All my mates were in the eight-team dressing room. Right. So I, I, I found that a bit tough, you know, trying to, you know, get in that way. Yeah. And, and Ollie... Um... Ollie playing under Ian Watson, you know, uh, you mentioned him, but like, what? He, how is he like as a coach then? Uh, it's probably, the, the, it's just the little details that he has more than any other coach I've been coached by. He's, um, 
his attention to detail is just out of this world, to be honest. And um, he's he's a he's a good bloke as well. So he's like he's, he's you can have a chat with him about anything. He's easy to get on with, and it breeds confidence in in every single player that he's, he um, he coaches, which. He kind of the the main thing he wants from us lads is is the effort, the little things, the effort things, and they're the kind of things that do, do actually win your games. Like you might not attack the best, but if you if you're defending well and you're doing all the little things, the effort things, you, you, you grind out the wins. It's like Wigan; they don't they don't they've not been attacking the best, but them kind of teams like St Helens and Wigan, they, they grind out games just because the their effort and and the little things and the defence. So that's what he breathes into all us and. He's not come to be the Bob standard Huddersfield that we have been. He's come to win trophies and he's getting players in to win trophies. He's breeding us all those young lads to um, to win trophies. Like the other day when Catalan were lifting the uh, league leader shield, he got a few of us young lads in and said, "Just just take this in, like um, watch it. Don't just go into the dressing room straight away. Watch it and embrace it because this is this is the things that we want to be doing in the future." Yeah. And uh, Richard, um, so big rugby league family, you know, how how far does that actually go back? Well, me, um, my dad, he was, uh, he played at Huddersfield in the uh, 60s and early 70s. He played at Bradford as well. Um, my little brother, Phil, he, um, he played at Bradford Northern. And uh, obviously, all of us come along and he's... Uh, <laughs> Following the footsteps. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Ollie as well. Um, I assume you get you know you know people saying, you know, you're only here because of your dad or whatever. Have you have you experienced stuff like that? Um, I don't think I've experienced it. Well, obviously, you, people expect you to because if your dad's played professional and and obviously won world club challenge and stuff like, that, people expect you to just become a rugby player. But I feel like um, you can't just become like a very good rugby player. It's like it obviously it was in me, so that that's helped. But um, I'd probably say maybe put it probably puts a little bit of pressure on every lad that's got a dad who's who's played rugby and and and, and done and done it. So, uh, but it's never really. I wouldn't say it's ever really affected me. Yeah, I've never really thought it that way. It's just obviously it's probably helped me by my dad's experience and stuff that he's given me. It's obviously um, helped me, so it's kind of a there's positives and negatives, but there's probably more positives. I see. He's obviously give me give me his knowledge and the the know of the game. Yeah, and and Richard, um, did did you experience anything like that when you was a player? Yeah, yeah, I could always uh, I could always catch my dad for for advice. Obviously, he, he he had a great knowledge of the game, and um, yeah. Yeah. So, what was it like then, being a player in the eighties and nineties, like compared to how it is now? How does it differ? Um, I, I should imagine it wasn't quite as um, intense as, as what it is now, because really, you only trained on a Tuesday and a Thursday, and maybe on a, on a Saturday morning. And it, it wasn't full time in the eighties, but um, especially with playing at Wigan. They took everything very, very serious, and um, you know if 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 you, if you ever got to any big games, you know that you you'd stay out the night before and uh, 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 make sure all, all all the lads were together. But it was very, very professional. Yeah, Wigan, yeah. Uh, in terms of let's just mention like diets and whatnot, because obviously nowadays it's all you know health focused. But like, what what was that sort of like back then? It just wasn't any, any diet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what, yeah, what you want, basically. Yeah. But, um, so, like, if we ever got to um, a, a, a final or a semi-final, Wigan usually took us out a couple of days before to eat a pizza. Yeah. Which was, you know, that was, you know, for full of carbs and all that. So, uh, apart from that, there was no real... I think it weren't until the, the 90s that, you know, they, they, they started mentioning diets and yeah. things like that. Yeah, uh, I remember Mark Aston telling me, you know, the Sheffield coach, I think his pre-match meal was uh, spaghetti on toast. That's what he always had. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's mad when you think now, like, that, you know, professional players would, like, you know, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really ever pre, pretty much mail. I just had basically a little bit earlier, so it, it wasn't rest, resting on my stomach. So. Yeah. So, like, say in the dressing room at half time, um, would anybody like go? You know, I'm having a cigarette or whatever. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, kids used to used to go into um, boot room and have a fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. That yeah, that's mad. You know, like crazy, absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, you going know, especially compared to yeah. To you know, going full, full at it and then thinking, right, you know, I know what I need, a cigarette, and then going at it again in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what about alcohol then? Alcohol, did they do that? Um, well, I mean, you weren't you you allowed to drink two, two days before a game, basically. Right. So, but uh, there was probably some people who took it a bit, a bit more intense than others. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they weren't really, you know, the, a, a few were great a, a couple of nights before the game as well, you know. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't that big an issue then. Yeah, uh, and looking back on your career, like how how would you rate it? Like, you know. Um, I mean, I, if, 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 if it was scoring myself, I'd probably say I could have done better. But I, you know, I, I ended up. Winning a few things, so I, I was lucky that I played with some great teams. You know, you, you, you've got to put that into perspective. But um, on the whole, yeah, I, I did all right. Maybe, maybe I, I, I could have carried on a bit longer, but yeah, I just made my mind up to, to, to pack it. Uh, why did you? Why did you decide to uh, give it up then? Well, um, when I when I uh, when I left Castleford. I basically had a, a, another season with um, Bramley. I think it was Bramley's last season in the rugby league, and I'd, I'd gone from full time to part time. So I, I had a job. I'd just started a job, and combining the two, and especially with the, some of the injuries that, that were catching up on me, I just couldn't really do both at the same time. You know what I mean? It was, just, it was taking its toll on family life and things so I had to make a decision plus if I got injured I, I wouldn't have got paid uh, to you know to, to, to pay the mortgage or anything like that yeah so like when you decided to stop playing was you thinking about you know what am I going to do after this um, well I, I've never I've never really thought about it at all and then uh, obviously when, when, when Cass wanted to release me it, that was what, what when I started to think, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? What am I going to do next? So basically, I, I just phoned a couple of lads around just just to see if I'd get a job, and I, I, I ended up working uh, in a in a warehouse, and ended up working my way up the ladder there. But for, for, for the initial period, it was just a job that I'd got to, to start paying the bills, and then I, I had that season with Bramley, but. Um, after the season finished, I just I just thought I, I just can't do it because it it it, it was it was like I, I had to pay the bills, so I, I needed to to keep my job instead of risk playing rugby as well. You see, yeah, and like you know, going from like a player at at the top of your game sort of thing, and then going into like a normal job, was it hard to like sort of? cope with that um it was it it, it, it was at first because obviously you know you, you get the things of every Saturday and Sunday or you know you've got the crowds on your on your side and the, the euphoria of playing in, in front of all these spectators to like just not doing anything, just just going out for a pint with lads, and <laughs> yeah. is a is a is a big change. But I suppose it's how you. I mean, luckily I, I dealt with it all right. It, it it didn't, you know, affect me that much. But um, I I suppose I, I stopped watching the game for a bit. That was that that, that was probably the only, you know, thing that I uh, that that I sort of did. But then, obviously, when 
once our all started playing again, I uh, I fell back in love with the game. Yeah, uh, and do, are you involved in it at all now, or is it just watching? No, no, no. I did. Um, I helped coach Oliver and his team for like ten years, but um, we're working nights. I work nights now, so it's it, it, it's hard to, to to commit myself. Yeah. Um, so you know, you said you coached Ollie. Um, what have you sort of passed on to him then? What have I passed on to him? I, I, basically, I, I just um, I, I passed on the fact that uh, he needs to be ready for each season, physically and mentally, and um, I, I passed on the fact that you know. I mean, to be fair, he, he, he was he was he was a naturally gifted player anyway, and he picked things up very very quickly. So he he, he didn't need much teaching, and um, that's that's about all I passed on to him really. Yeah, all, all, all the rest is 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 his old man. You know what I mean? He's a he's a very strong, level-headed young man. Yeah. So so did you think you know? Did you always think he's going to be some a good player like? Yeah, I thought from from from, the, from from an early age because to be fair, he, he he always played a year above himself because when he played at St Anne's, I think he was under eight. He he was he was still younger than, than the rest of them, but he, he wanted to move up with his friends, you see. And he was always like the the young dumpy ginger kid, but he had a lot of <laughs> he had a, a great amount of skill, and he, he used to beat teens. Even even early on, with just his guy and skill and his, his his craft, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I could tell there was, there was something that special about him. Yeah. Whether he'd make it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know at the time anyway, but yeah. luckily he's, he's not doing too bad at the minute. So. Yeah. So, like, say, you know, after a game these days, you know, how involved do you get? Do you say, you know, improve on this or improve on that? Or do you just let him get on with it? No, basically, I, I just I just let, let him get, get, get on with it now. He, he, he knows more about the game than me. So, <laughs> but, you know, because the, the game's moved on so much since uh, since I played. But uh, I always encourage him. And, I, you know, I'll always send him a message, you know, before a game and... I'll always have a chat with him about the game afterwards. But um, I was one of them who keeps his cards quite close to his chest. Yeah. Uh, and Ollie were born at the end of your playing career, weren't he? So how long was it before you were saying, you know, uh, your dad were this player and did that and whatever? I've, I've, never, I've, I've never really been like that, have I? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I, I just, um, yeah. I mean, as soon as he started playing, I'd, I, I'd always give him, you know, just just little tips. Yeah. About about his own game, you know, and things to work on. Plus, my dad was still alive then as well. So, and uh, when, when I actually started watching all properly and coaching him, sometimes you know, if he, if he did something wrong, I, I'd, I'd, I'd pick him up on it. And my dad used to pull me aside and say. Whoa! Be careful, son. Be careful. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah my dad used to used to bollock me more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and what about like your memorabilia? Do you keep that? Do you have that like on show? Is it sort of in in the in like a box or whatever? It's in a bag. I've got I've got I've got some shirts in in, in the garage in a bag. And to be fair, you know, I should have them up, but uh, the wife's one of these who. Everything's got a match, colour coordinated, <laughs> curtains, settees, and everything. So there's no chance. <laughs> until, and, 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 until our old gets it, and I was big enough for, yeah. for like a, a boot room or something like that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on to him then. Yeah, that that'd be good. That um, uh, yeah. Ollie. Plus, I've got a oh, go on. The shirts up in uh, our, our local community club. Sometimes, yeah. So. And and Ollie, um, you know. Your dad's had a, a good career, whatever. Uh, do, do, do you feel pressure that you've got to do better than that or not? Um, no, I don't feel pressure. I feel like it's two different creatures, obviously. Only off me, son. Only off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell him what happened. There's a little bit of competition there, but it's just, I suppose sometimes it's 
obviously I want to if I get anything near my dad I'll, it'll be a very successful career but it's like I think my dad would be lucky he played in a team that known for winning no trophies like Wigan so obviously I want, I want to go and win trophies and that's why you play the game at the end of the day you, you don't do a pre-season to, to, to not want to lift a trophy at the end so I don't really feel pressured but obviously I'd love to Scoring trophies, yeah, and and growing up. To be, to be okay. fair, I did win uh, trophies at every club player. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and growing up, Ollie, um, like how important were rugby league in your life? Like, was was that something that you wanted and from an early age? Uh, yeah, I think every weekend rugby. Uh, I, think I always had a ball in my hand in back garden doing just. Pretending I was some kind of player on, on my own, just stepping people and no one were in front of me. But just that the story has been, I've loved it. Um, obviously, just watched the game, kind of like, just, just I, I knew straight away what I wanted to do. And there, it, there was kind of, I don't know if I didn't, I, I tried out at school, but I always I always knew that that's the only thing I had my head set to, is that is what I wanted. So maybe it, if I tried a little bit harder at school, I may have got better results. Not that I got bad results, but I always had that in my mind that that is what I wanted to do, and there was no kind of stopping me in a way. Yeah, what what results did you get? Oh, I got like B's. I don't know. I didn't get B's actually. I got this, I got all, a lot of C's, but uh, I, I didn't really get any B's or A's. But I didn't fail. Well, I might have failed RE and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, got thing, I got the things I needed. Yeah, who needs RE anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in terms of that then have you ever not thought like what if what if rugby league don't work you know have you got a backup plan or whatever uh, yeah um, when I when I left school I wanted to do barbering but that's something that um, I've wanted to obviously we get a, like a grant from a rugby league curse where you can go on and do a, a different thing obviously to set us up for when we, we do finish playing but uh, I was about to start a course last before Covid and then Covid happened so we're just trying to get the, that back on the road so I can obviously start a barbering course and obviously that's something I'll, I'd like to maybe when I uh, finish the game just maybe have like my own shop or something and, but yeah that's obviously I, I don't think I don't know if obviously my dad didn't have that luxury of having the backup to, to sort some out for when you finish it kind of come all of a sudden but that's obviously something that um us, us lads now that we'll have to do I don't think we, we kind of plan ahead of just in case so there's obviously a lot more for us us now than what obviously my dad did yeah that that's good that I didn't know they did that um, is that like rugby league wide then or is it just limited to Huddersfield is that something Huddersfield do no, that's the whole of rugby league right yeah well there, yeah that's good that um, your position Ollie um you're in halfback at the moment, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Is that where you want to be, or what? Or what? Um, yeah, I think that's the, that's what suits me most, probably. Um, I think just because I'm, I'm, I think one of my strongest points of, of my game is my kicking game. So it's kind of the, the the position where you kick the most. So I feel like that that is um, the position I obviously want to play. I can't quite enjoy leading a team around the field and, and calling the shots really but uh, obviously I've played a bit of a bit of hooker which I, I quite enjoy because I don't I quite I don't really mind the, the physical the, the getting stuck in as an halfback I feel like a lot of people pin halfbacks as not wanting to defend but I, I'm kind of a little bit opposite I kind of like fly on my line and try and get stuck in as much as I can Yeah, which it, it helps because if, if you don't you, you're going to get targeted you're going to get uh, teams running at you so I kind of early on in the game I'll try and um, get up just just so they know I'm not I'm not um, stepping down but uh, obviously where the games change I don't I don't really see kind of see myself playing another maybe I don't know about my size but maybe like a ball playing loose forward if, if the way the game's changing and how I keep on growing I don't know that's some maybe the loose forward's going to get a little bit smaller so it's a bit more ball playing but I could probably probably see myself playing that maybe if, in, a, in a few years but at the moment half-back's position but, um, that I see myself going forward in Yeah 
in terms of kicking then um like how often do you spend like practicing that um kind of i always in my off season i always go back by myself obviously it's, it's more difficult through the season because obviously there's games you saw and stuff like that. but i'll practice the like infield kicking after every training she- uh, session through the week and then um on team Monday, so the game before the, the game before the training session before a game, I'll practice my goal kicking then. And then I'll practice a little bit before um, in the warm before the game. But it's just kind of like I practice it as, as, as much as you possibly can. But I think the off season and, and the pre season is the time where you kind of go back to your basics and and, and uh, practice that the most. Yeah, and everyone's got like these mad styles, you know. I look at Kieran Dixon, his weird style. Like, how do them sort of things develop? Like, what is it? Uh, I don't know. You just feel what's comfortable yeah. for you. And um, obviously, uh, I used to go kicking with uh, George Ford, you know, the England fly half, when I was younger. So I obviously took a a few tips off um, off him because he's not a bad kicker at all yeah. really is he so um, obviously I've took tips off a lot of players you've played with and you can just mould your own technique to uh, what suits you the best yeah so in terms of that then like um, how complex is a kick then because like to many it's just like a you know a kick but like how how complex is it like you know I feel like it's getting a little obviously two the two points on on top of the four is getting more important every especially in maybe at the start of the year when 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 you're playing games obviously it's crucial to get the two points but for for what we want to be doing next year and and the year after in playoff football them two points because the game's so tight you could be kicking penalties could be just just no tries and penalties so I think. It's, it gets more important as the year goes on. Um, obviously, in playoff football, that that you get the two points because you, you see teams like Hull FC, Max Need, it's, they, they score a try. You know they're getting six points. Yeah. So it's like it, it's so important, and people may not feel like it's that important, but that two points is 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 massive. Yeah, and yeah, a lot's made about you know. Um media overhyping you know potential players and whatnot do, do you think it's hard to sort of not get carried away with people saying you know he's the best thing since sliced bread or whatever and that believe in the hype um i feel, I feel like it's your own it's how you take it i feel like i feel like um for example price you know who's, who, who i'm playing with he obviously getting a lot of hype yeah but he might look on the telly. He might look like he, he's a little bit like showing off and stuff like that. But he's a, he, he he works hard and he knows that he's not just going to get given. He works hard and I think it's what people see and that they have. You can have everyone can have their own opinion on any player, but um, I feel like the hype doesn't really bother a lot of players as much as people that actually think it does. Is because we're the ones who go into training every day. We're the ones who. Who know know what work we're putting in, so it's kind of just let them have their opinion. And if people believe the hype and stuff, obviously, Pricey's got the potential to go on and be the next big thing in my eyes. So um, it's just each their own, really. Yeah, and in terms of next year, uh, obviously Ian Watson's moulding his squad, and I think um, Caesar's going, isn't he? So you know. Do you know how how the team's going to shape up? Are you going to be one of the main ones? Um, we've had a few chats, but it's just obviously there's a, there's a few signs more coming towards the field. Obviously, people I can obviously learn off. Um, but um, what what I was one of them coaches is obviously he's I obviously put a bit of faith into him now, so he's seen what I can do, and he he's one of them coaches. If 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 you're training well. And you're playing well, you'll keep the shirt no matter who who you are and what you've done in your career. If, if you're playing well, um, you'll play. So hopefully, what what I've done this season obviously puts me in contention. And if and, and if I'm trying out of and and if I don't start the season next year, I'm I'm going to be um, knocking on his door. I'm going to be training the the house down to get to get into that team because I feel like um, 
the more games I play, the more confident I get, and and obviously you, you, you can train, you can train every day, and but you don't learn, you don't learn on the training field. You learn when you're playing yeah. games and you're actually involved in it. Ollie and Richard Russell there. Now then, the Super League season is over, and so is the Championship season. So in Super League, the playoffs are there's two eliminators. So. Whoever loses these games are out of it. So first one is Wigan v Leeds. That's on Thursday night. Um, and the other one, the night after, is Warrington v Hull KR. And then the winners of that will go through to play either Catalans or St. Helens. And then the winners of those two ties will then go in the grand final. On October the 9th. Which is a Saturday. In the Championship, late drama uh, in the last round, which we'll get onto later on. The playoffs are next Saturday on Sky Sports Mix. Uh, the first game kicks off at 3.15, which is Halifax v Whitehaven. That's followed by Batley v Bradford at half five. The Saturday after, 2nd of October, same times, same channel. It'll be Toulouse versus the lowest rank winner. And then, after that one, it'll be Featherston versus the highest rank winner. And then, the winners of those will be in the Championship Grand Final, which is a day after the Super League Grand Final, which is at 6 o'clock. Also, we're in the second round of the League 1 playoffs. Uh, North Wales Crusaders lost at the weekend, so they're going to... They get another chance, I think, because of their league position. So they face Doncaster, who beat Hunslet. Hunslet have gone. They Their season's now over. Not sure on the time of that, because <laughs> it's not been released yet, for, for whatever reason. Uh, it is on our league. It's on Sunday, the 26th of September. Whether that's... I'm assuming that's going to be a later kickoff, given that Workington v Keefley on the same day is at two o'clock. So probably four o'clock or something like that. Uh, that's that's this Sunday, and that's the playoffs so far. I think the winners of the Keefley and Workington game will go straight into the League One um, playoff final. The losers will then face the winners of the North Wales-Doncaster game, who will then look to get a spot in the playoff final. So that's how it'll work. Complicated, I know, but there you go. But we might as well start off with Super League and how it was all decided on the final round. To be honest, there was only one match that really influenced things, and it was the Warrington-Castleford game. Obviously, Daryl Powell's last match against Warrington, who he's going to next year. Quite a few players leaving Castleford as well, so some of their last performances, and it with the chance to secure a playoff spot, you know, one last hurrah sort of thing. But, oh, it weren't the best of starts, was it? It was 26-0 at half-time, and Warrington were just running riot. And Castleford, they didn't have enough, no response to it. They did come back though, and it, it were looking like a mad comeback as well. You did, to be honest, I thought, you know, they can't go out like this. They can't not put up a fight in the second half, not in, not with all what's gone on. You know, Daryl Powell, how good has he been for Castleford? And this is the way he's going to exit. You thought, surely there's going to be some sort of fight back, which there was. But ultimately, it came too late. And Matty Ashton, were, he were having a field day. He got three tries. Jake Mamo got two. I suppose that might soften the blow a bit, given Jake Mamo's going to Castleford next year. Well, how he didn't stay on at Warrington, I don't really know, to be honest. He's Whenever he's played, he's been at the forefront of what's going on, to me. But yeah, that that result now means Castleford are not in the playoffs, and it's okay. I take the last spot, which puts them against um, 
Warrington. Tony Smith for facing his former club. Interestingly, OKR have only played Warrington once this season. One of them were postponed. The other uh, were the first of May. And they, they lost by 50 points. Uh, 50 points to 26. I think that were their biggest loss, to be honest, in terms of points. Conceded. So, you know, they're going to have to do a bit better than that. But, you know, from from going to last place to where they are now is some some achievement. Ryan Hall has been a, a masterstroke signing, I suppose. I think he signed for another year as well. So, you know, they might have been on the way and in sort of in the last few weeks and you know there's all sorts of things you can say about how many games they've played who've they played and etc etc but that don't really matter now because they're in the playoffs and you know that's something they've not been able to say for god knows how long Wigan as well <laughs> we've spoken at length how in a mess they've been this season Adrian Lamb's going. There's question marks over Zach Hardacre. There's questions over whether Bevan French is going to return from Australia. Um, there's Oliver Gildart's leaving. Players have left already. Don Manfredi had to retire. They've had to put out loads of young players this year as well, which I suppose has kind of been to their detriment, to be honest. But all of that considered, all of those issues that they've got, and they're still fourth. They still have a 60% win percentage. And they're firmly in the playoffs. And now, they've just beaten the league leader Shield winners, who have been way ahead of everybody else. Uh, can, they, can they go far? Are they going to be in the grand final? They certainly, you know, put put a statement out there with that win I don't know whether Catalans are thinking well you know we've won the league leaders shield we'll save a bit for the playoffs now they do have a week off as well so they've got plenty of time to you know brush up on any sort of issues but that was pretty much a strong strong side there you know Sam Tompkins Tom Davis Sammy Sony Langer, Dean Farry, Matthew Laguerre, Maloney Drinkwater, Joe Tompkins, McMeekin, Matt Whitley, Gil Dudson, Mickey McElorum, Julian Bousquet. That were the that were the squad they put out. And it were twelve eight, six nil at half time as well. Um two unconverted tries from Catalan Dragons, which is not like James Maloney. Um that would have put it level as well. So, you know, perhaps that would have been more dramatic finish, to be honest. Um, but Hardacre were doing the kicks. Uh, two conversions. I think they've they've had a real issue with kicks uh, this year. Not just trying to... Not just adding the two extra, but finishing sets you know, stuff like that. They've really not done it well enough. If they can improve on that um, in the playoffs. I suppose one thing that goes in Wigan's advantage is the fact that they've got the defence. They don't give anything away. And if they get them opportunities to put the points on the board, they'll be doing the two points. And, you know, it's whether a team can not allow themselves to get frustrated with, you know, battling away, but then points are still going against them. So that's that's going to work in Wigan's advantage. As I say, they play Leeds, who I've not been a big fan of, to be honest, and I think I think Wigan will have too much for Leeds. Saying that, um, back at the end of August, Leeds beat them 14-0, Wigan were not good on that day, not at all. But earlier on in the season, Wigan won 19-6. That were back in April, so way far back. But Wigan have got the home advantage, whether that's a 
positive or negative with what's been going on recently, who knows. Also, rest of the matches, uh, Hulk KR lost against Leeds. So that, that may be another one looking at the playoffs. I don't think they'll face each other the way that it's structured out. But, I mean, you know, it's a loss to a playoff side, to be honest. It were, it were 24-6 at half-time, and Leeds put more points on the board in the second half. And a try scored by a different person each time as well, so I suppose that's a positive. And all the conversions kicked, which they might well need, um in the playoffs. To be honest, I think Hull are going to struggle against Warrington. I think the amount of firepower Warrington have, especially with Matty Ashton coming back now, I think he's come back at just the right time. I think it's Warrington's to win. I think, though, uh, if they win that, that'll put them against St. Ellings, and we, we saw that match earlier on in the season where... It could have gone either way, really. I think that bounce of that ball put it out of Warrington's favour. It were 24-14 to St. Helens. But Warrington v Saints is always an interesting clash. But uh, the rest of the Super League fixtures, Salford got another win. They beat St. Helens, which it's an impressive it's an impressive win. They, they kept Saints nil in the second half. And, OK, it was a depleted St. Helens side. However, they had Regan Grace, they had Johnny Lomax, Lewis Dodd, Kyle Amor, Matty Lees, they had Wellsby on the bench, McCarthy Scarsbrook on the bench. So whilst it was a youthful side, they had quite a lot of first-team players. So, you know, it, it weren't going to be a walkover. And we've seen St. Helens youngsters... We see how good they are. You know, Lewis Dodd, uh, Jack Wellsby, just to name two. They're some of the hottest properties in, in, in the league right now. So let's not pretend, um, you know, it it should have been 40-0 or whatever. But another good performance from Ken Seahaw. He's, he's won the uh, try, top try scorer by a mile now. Added two tries. Chris Atkin as well did well. They've just announced um, Ryan Briley as well. Um, they sign in. He's f- from Lee. Signed in from Lee. That's till the 2023 season. So a fullback. And he's he's been one of Lee's better players this year. So a good addition for Salford there. And... I think the form for the Salford has hit a bit too late, to be honest. You know, if they had this earlier on in the season, you know, they might have been pushing more towards the playoffs. I think they've been unlucky this year. But I think I think next year that'll be a very different story. And, you know, if you if you look at Hull KR and where they finished last season, they finished... I, did, did, I think they did win, but they, they were very poor. They came last, you know, by some margin. But Salford have had seven wins this year. They've had several games that have been close. It's not really been Richard Marshall's team, you know, next year. They they could be a force to be reckoned with, to be honest. Because, you know, there's a lot of teams next year who are going to have different coaches now. Alid's going to have a different coach. Castleford will have a different coach, certainly. Warrington have got a different coach. Wigan are going to have a different coach. Wakefield, they're going to have a different coach. Hull FC, well, who knows? <laughs> I don't know anything, but it's been a poor year for Hull FC. Um, whether we'll see another sacking live on her again, who knows? But... Um, yeah, there's big opportunities next year in Super League, and they do they want to have a good season because all this talk of ten teams and whatnot, Salford might be the ones at risk of that. You know, well if if we're going off what we've got this year, they would have gone. I think yeah, eleventh place. So 
it would have been Super League Two if if that if that's even happening, because whilst we've got apparently got the relegation, um, are Lee actually relegated? Has it been fully confirmed? Well, are we? Is fourteen teams still on the cards? Who knows? But that's where we are. Into the championship as well. One one of the main results there is Whitehaven. Just a mad mad season from Whitehaven because they came up and you thought, okay, they'll be fighting relegation. Uh, oh no, they won't. They've they've got into the playoffs on the last day. Now it's at London's expense. Who? I don't know what they've been playing at this year, to be honest. They got rid of Danny Ward. It seemed like he was leaving at the end of the season anyway, so why did they bother getting rid of him? Um, They've just been way off it, for whatever reason. Players are probably leaving. Have some of them give up, maybe, because some of the results have been terrible. Really, let's be honest. For, for for a full time team with Super League experience, even though many te- many players have left them, you know they've 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 just thrown it away. They've they've been in a comfortable position for weeks, and they've been slowly falling and falling until they've been usurped. And Whitehaven, I think they're a much better. You know they're much better to be in the playoffs because look at the desire from them, and. Uh, this is probably very unlikely, but where has has a team ever gone from League One straight to Super League in consecutive years? And the way they did it against Bradford as well, last day, they were losing at half-time. It were 16-12. I think actually it was 16-0 at one point. And all of uh, Whitehaven's points, barring the last try, which put them to 36 points, all of those points were scored... In 11 minutes. So 30, 30 points in 11 minutes. If you replicate that across a full 80, they'd have about 218 points, which, <laughs> what a massive <laughs> score. But yeah, their reward is a game against Halifax, who lost against Batley. In a very low scoring game. That means Batley play Bradford as well. Those two fixtures are going to be very interesting. To lose as well. They played on Saturday. And they absolutely hammered Newcastle. 82 points to 12. To lose don't come into it till I think the week after these um, playoffs. So good luck to anyone who actually gets to lose. <laughs> um, have fun. <laughs> Wouldn't it be mad if if Toulouse don't do it, eh? Well, we saw it sort of, kind of with uh, London who beat Toronto, and also League One. The the two playoff games, Keithley came out on top against uh, North Wales. To be honest, I think North Wales, in some instances, the goal line defence just weren't which weren't strong enough. I think Keithley had it easy for some of their tries to get over the defensive line. I think North Wales were more indisciplined. I'd look at Patrick Arvan, who's one of the most experienced players, not just for North Wales, but in League One, you know, former Super League, former NRL. He conceded two penalties. He had a hit out one, uh, and then he, when the player had already been tackled, he, he went in again. So... And the, these were crucial moments for North Wales as well. And yet, you know, it came from Patrick Arvan, which, you know, he's an experienced player. He got a try as well. And he's obviously an asset for North Wales. He will be in the next game as well. But I think I thought that's kind of what costed, costed him. Also, they had early pressure in the first stages, in the early moments as well. They had a lot of pressure. I think they forced a few goal line dropouts, and they didn't capitalise on it. Also, Keithley did have a man sent to the sim bin, but nothing. See, they didn't seem to use that to their advantage. Brendan Santi for Keithley were very good. I think he got the man of the match, and also the 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 penalties. They got a few penalties that they 
pushed over, which, you know, it sort of put the game beyond North Wales. But it, it's a good job North Wales have got another game, really. And they'll be against Doncaster. Now, you'll remember the last time uh, North Wales played Doncaster because it was 68-0. And I think that's the only time they've played um this year because the other one were postponed. So, um, they'll be they'll be hoping to do a bit better than that. Doncaster, by the way, against Hunslet, they were just solid. I don't think Hunslet put a lot of pressure on in the second half, but they didn't get anywhere. They didn't seem like they were close to scoring a try, even if they had a load of the possession. And, you know, Doncaster were just too strong, but for Hunslet, under the new coach, uh, Alan Kilshaw, he came in halfway through because they, they were afraid they might not get into the playoffs. So to get themselves in is an achievement, I suppose. And, you know, next year they'll build on that. But it's going to be an even more competitive league one next year, I think, than it was this year because you've got Swinton and Oldham coming down. You've got the prospect of Ottawa coming in. Apparently they're going to be playing in Bradford and they're not going to be... They're not going to have any Canadian players. Well, sounds very much like Ottawa to me. <laughs> it's just madness. Um, but there you go. And apparently some something to do with dual reds with Bradford Bowls. Whether they're going to have a strong squad or not, I don't know. For me, I think they should just give up their position, to be honest, because if that's going to be what the model is, what is the point of having Ottawa? You know how many fans are going to be there they're not going to have any madness madness but yeah that was it for this week and we didn't talk about any any issues with the, with the governance uh, this week so in terms of that it's been a good week for the RFL to be honest uh, with the RFL um, they've done a few more interviews since um, that one with the the video call with all the press They've been on Five Live, they've been on other podcasts. Uh, Simon Johnson as well has been speaking. I think he speaks a lot better than Ralph Rimmer, to be honest. I think they should put um, Simon Johnson up more, to be quite honest. But, you know, they've sort of redeemed themselves, I suppose, in a way. But we still don't have any concrete ideas on what's actually going on. Perhaps, you know... They've said, well, we might be having this for League One, but they've not told anybody else. It's it's time to tell us. But, yeah, see you next week. Yeah.